with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We get into all kinds of stuff. Number one, Kyrie Irving was right this entire time. And yesterday, there's proof. Kyrie Irving was right, and the media owes him an apology. Whole bunch of people were right that the around the, the world that the media owes an apology to. Good luck with that. And hopefully, with what happened yesterday, this will be the end of us ever saying again, so and so is going to miss this game because of COVID. Hopefully, that's done. We'll talk about that at the end. College football weekend. Are you feeling any better about the Sooners' chances after hearing from Brent Venables yesterday? He had an interesting take about a conversation that Sooner fans have been having over and over and over. And that is three-man versus four-man front on defense. Mm. And he made some poor fella feel like a little shrimpy guy and did it in the nicest way possible. Yeah. Oklahoma State, that man, they start a brutal four-game stretch against ranked teams this week. Three of those four are road games for the Cowboys uh, with only Texas at home. Because of that schedule, because of the way that the Big 12, I don't know, I, I think the Big 12 is better than anybody thought it was going to be as far, as far as having a collection of really good teams. Maybe not a great team, but some really good ones. Do you think now, right now, do you think they can recover from a loss and still get get back in the college football playoff more or less than you would have for any team in the Big 12 to start the year. Talk about that. We're also at the halfway point of the season. Who do you like for the title games in the conferences? Who do you like for the college football playoff now? And then also, is there a Heisman leader? It's interesting how that that, that conversation isn't even started yet, really. Um, in my mind, you don't hear anything about it. And it shouldn't, it. You don't honestly. hear anything. I, I think they're, it's, it's nice. It's nice to, to not have that conversation. So who Letting is, this play out. Yeah. Who is the leader at the halfway point? Steve Kerr and the Warriors, are they hypocrites? Did you even know the baseball playoffs started, the division series started yesterday? Mm-hmm. And then maybe a little lesson learned at the old cow house last night that we can discuss. So that's what we've got on our mind. Feel free to chime in. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. Have all, uh, talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to kadsam.com. You can download the Paragon app. The app's got it all, three radio stations. It's also got the Penny News, a brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight so you can check out the new deals, thepennynews.com online or... We'll have the print edition of the Penny News starting to leak out all over the area uh, by tomorrow at this time. You can pick up a fresh copy of the Penny News at your favorite local newsstand. Big Elk TV and Paragon TV on air tomorrow night with uh, matchups all across western Oklahoma. And then also the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed this show entirely, you can go back and find out what we talked about. KADSAM.com for that. Or you can find that on iTunes as well. Hello, Jared. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm very well. How very was your well. A little cooler than I thought it would be with that wind blowing. Wind's blowing in. I think we got a couple of 80-degree days, and then by Sunday, Sunday is the day. You know, it's uh, it's youth youth deer season this it's, weekend, right? That is right. Sunday is when you need to go. Sunday. Yes. With You look at the weather forecast that uh, – cold front blows through and we're talking about highs in the 60s mm. lower 60s on sunday 
So it appears that that could be the day where the deer are moving. Cooler weather coming in. They like the move in the cold weather. The little, right. little guys out there, little guys and gals out to shoot them a deer on Sunday. All right, noted. So, here. I know Katie's, she's been itching to go. We plan on taking her, me and my dad. I think that's the day you want to go, Jared. All right. I think it's a Sunday. That might be the only day we can go. This weekend's already filling up, but um, that might be the only day. But that'll be all right. Just takes one. Just one deer. <laughs> no, no, it's a good night. You mentioned baseball. I actually watched a little. I did, too. I watched a bunch of that Yankees-Indian. Uh, uh, I had what, it on, just what on. What is it you called? Know? What are they? Guardians. No, they're Cleveland. Just call them Cleveland. Cleveland. No, I had it on. Um, just in the background doing things. And uh, the uh, – oh, the other game was a doozy. Mariners and oh, Houston. Man. Pretty sure Houston's cheating again. I don't know how, <laughs> but we're going to find out Stop how. the clock. Stop the clock. <laughs> Eight minutes. <laughs> uh, Somehow they're cheating. I don't know how. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it, Houston. Oh, uh, well, you're, Stop you the clock it. at eight minutes. The undercovers. <laughs> I was texting with a uh, one of the an Astro fan, one of the Astro fans that I know. Yeah, and he said, "Boy, I can't wait till people start talking about cheating again." <laughs> and I said, "I guarantee you, Atha has a comment in the morning. I'm sure he will." Oh. We should have set an over under into the show how many minutes it would take. <laughs> Uh, I just won't let under. it go. Just won't let no, it go. And here's no. the problem for you. You would let it go if your team would be in the playoffs, but it never is, no. so it's harder to let that go. Oh, the Rangers were playing last night. Did you see that? I, they played OU. They Some play, developmental Rangers squad. Yeah, no, you got them. Apparently, the OU is still being ultra-aggressive stealing the bags. Thanks to uh, Willits and his master plan there. Yeah, you know what? And I, th I think that master plan might have ticked down into the high school ranks this week with Fort Cobb knocking off Roth in the finals and winning Class B fall baseball state tournament. I would have loved to see that box score, see how they did it. They were hot. 7-4. Fort, Fort Cobb was hot. And both of those guys Going on that in. team. They usually are. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, no, I just, in, <laughs> you know. Uh, you're, you know what? You're consistent, if not predictable, Latham. <laughs> <laughs> When they hit the walk off, I thought somehow they, somehow they, I didn't hear tr trash cans bang. <clears throat> I don't think he had an electronic didn't device on him. I didn't see it, but so he's doing it somehow, right? They're doing it somehow. I tell you what's amazing, and this is pointed out to me by say, said Astro fan. No Correa, no Springer, and they just keep being successful. Yes, that was a black eye on their on their squad. Yes, that was a. And back when it was happening, that's why it was so frustrating because they are so good. Yeah, they didn't need the cheat. That's need to, what is they didn't right. need to. That's, they were so good. That and they, was why. why and it that's was what this is proving. They're still so good. Yeah. To lose a couple of real kind of bedrocks in that in that uh, that team mm -hmm. and and the the way that they came back from nothing. And they're still there. Yeah. Yeah. That Jordan Alvarez. <clears throat> that's a pretty small fella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! I said he even reminded me of Poppy, and it was like, yeah, except for he's a lot bigger. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> no, that was this. That's only the second walk off home run in Major League Baseball history for a team that was down to their final out in the playoffs. Really? Yep. Can you name the other one? Yeah, it's going to be St. Louis. No, it's not. No. Is it not? Was it not the? Um no. Game six? <clears throat> nope. Okay. What, who was it? There was only one out, I think. Oh, there was one. There's only one out? Okay. I couldn't remember how many outs. It's a, It's one of the most famous home runs of all time. Was it uh, um, oh, L.A. Dodgers? Kurt Gibson. Kurt Gibson. Yep. Yeah. Come out there, could barely stand. Yep. Yeah. And this is the only one ever when the team was down multiple runs because the Dodgers were down one that night. Yeah. Yep. That is <clears> – <throat> yeah. Anyways, outside of all the, the hate for the – Houston Astros. That was a fun game. Oh, Cleveland, New York was fun until <clears throat> New York got the lead like four to one, then you knew they're gonna win. And of course I had that on, and every time Aaron Judge would come up, I'd stop what I was doing and watch. See if he's gonna start a post game tear here. Dodgers got out early, end up holding on five three, and then 
Philly really kind of put it to Atlanta, and then all of a sudden the Braves got back right into it and had a chance to tie in the ninth inning but fell. So Philly beats Atlanta 7-6 to six to win game one. Houston comes back from, what, 7-3? Was it? I know it was 5-6-2, I know for sure, in the fourth. <clears throat> so they come back and win 8-7. And then the uh, Yankees and the Dodgers both win. So Yankees, Dodgers, Houston, Philly up 1-0. I can't remember if it ever got to 7-2. I think it was 7-3. Yeah, 7-3. 6-2 for sure. So uh, good comeback uh, there, obviously, by the Houston Astros. Hey, there, there was, I like uh, you know, some people always tell me, you know, it's funny when you guys talk about your yourselves, like what's going on in your lives. So I got one. A little less it might have been learned around the old cow cows last night. What's that? So I get home and uh, I beat everybody home. So I get the grill started. We were gonna we had some steaks laid out, and baked potatoes, and, and that kind of stuff. So I get I get that that started. Process started to get the grill heated up, light the charcoal, and all that. And then. Uh, White and Kara get home, and White and I are sitting there, and he was like, yeah, hey, Aaron, guess what I'm going to learn tonight? So what? He goes, I'm going to learn how to how to wash my own clothes. I said, oh, really? And I thought to myself, because my sister had told me had told us that, that her boys wash their clothes. Okay. And they're in grade below Wyatt, but they, they do that. They, you know, kind of contribute in that way and I thought well maybe this is uh this is something that that he's taken upon himself after he heard that like a little bit embarrassed I'm older than those you know what I mean yeah one of those things like you know and I'm, I'm gonna do my own clothes no turns out this all sprang up because he didn't like how his mother was washing his sweatshirts so he was going to take it upon himself <laughs> to feel like uh, he needed to wash his own sweatshirt. Okay, so many questions. What, how did he know? I don't know the answer to any of these. The difference of how a sweatshirt was washed. I don't know. I have no idea. Something in his little mind said that she wasn't doing it right, which that happens often at this point in life. We're kind of in that stage of, you know what? I'm smarter than everybody else. I can do it better. So, after supper, the process began of washing and drying clothes. Okay. And how'd it go? I think the process was still going on this morning, and that's when he realized, I am not very smart. Ah, poor Wyatt. Because... The, the dryer was still going when we went to bed. Yeah. The dryer part takes the longer than The dryer takes longer part. than yeah. washing. It's the second part of the process anyway, so you have to start it later. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning, he wants to get up and he wants to listen, uh, put his earphones on and play on his basketball goal in his room and listen to some stupid YouTube video. Instead, he got to get up and go fold laundry <laughs> before he went to school. Yeah. And he also noticed that if you don't, uh, if you leave stuff in the washer before you get it in the dryer, you don't hang it up immediately. You know what else it gets? Wrinkled. Y- yes. Very, very wrinkled. Yep. His baseball shirt, his baseball suit, the the his top was really wrinkled because he left it in the washer. He didn't have much to say on the way to school. Yeah. I didn't even ask him. Like, you know, is that going to be your last time to uh, to do your own laundry <laughs> for now? I didn't ask that question because the silence and the look on his face yeah. pretty well told the story. Yeah. I think he's I, – I, no, I will get a report back tomorrow because I will ask. When we, after after everything kind of settles down. But I'm going to go ahead and say that at some point today, or already today, he has had the realization 
that you know what? Mom's better at laundry than me. <laughs> now is he going to want to turn around and cook? Because he doesn't like the way you cook? Uh, he actually does a little bit of... He, he, he doesn't mind helping out a little bit uh, with certain things. You know, he, he's, he'll get in there and, you know, salt and pepper. Or he'll, he'll do some, some cutting from yeah. time to time or measuring out. A lot of times, especially his favorite thing to contribute because he really likes it, is uh, he likes to help make the cornbread when we have cornbread. We have cornbread on Sunday night. Okay. Wait a minute. Monday night because we had some soup when it was cooler. Yeah, Monday. <clears throat> but we were going to get to, he, he wasn't able to do it. He was over here at practice. <clears throat> so she made it. He wasn't able to help. But that's one thing that he really does like helping uh, to make is the cornbread. Because he's the recipe's always there on the, we have it inside one of the cabinets, mm-hmm. so you can just kind of look at it and and do the cornbread. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say he's not gonna. I don't think when we get home tonight he's gonna rush into the laundry room. No, and get ready to uh, to fire another load of clothes in. Actually, he's stubborn enough to maybe do it, but eventually, I think he's realized, man, that was a bad break. <laughs> I should have. Mm-hmm. I should have never opened my mouth and uh, talked down upon the way that my mother does my laundry. <laughs> Lessons learned. Lessons learned in the cow house in the last 24 hours. See? Well, you learned from it. I'm way too smart to say anything about that. <laughs> I'm way too smart for that. Yep. Been there, done that. Oh, yeah. Don't want to do it again. I think we've all done that. All right, here's a guy that, that thinks he's really smart. And doesn't mind telling you that he's really smart. You have to wonder if he is really smart. And that is Steve Kerr. <clears throat> you know, we ne- we didn't really get a chance to talk about this because of all the football that was going on. and uh, But the Draymond Green and the just flat punching out of Jordan Poole that TMZ got a hold of the video evidence. And so you got to see exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr has... Some experience with punches in practice. Exactly. The famous story of Michael Jordan punching him in the face. Well, he has a punchable face, so I don't, blame, an, I don't blame him. He's got Michael a punchable Jordan. mouth, yeah, too. So yeah. if he ran it too much with that face, Michael Jordan punched it. Sure. So the, over the weekend and for the first couple of days, Draymond's been away from the team. Everyone's been speculating on what type of suspension that's coming Draymond's way. Bobby Portis punched uh, his teammate, uh, Nikola Miritich, a couple years ago, put him in the hospital. He was suspended eight games. You know, team suspension more than a league, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then last night, after the Warriors were done with their exhibition game, Steve Kerr addressed the Draymond Green situation. I'm going to get right to the uh, Draymond situation, and uh, I'll address that, and then we can talk about the game. Um... He is going to come back to practice on Thursday. Um, he's been fined. He will not be suspended. I expect him to play Friday in our last preseason game and, and on opening night. Um, we have spent the last week in deep discussions with all of our key figures in the organization, including Jordan and, and Draymond, of course, um, Steph, all of our, our players, Bob, myself. And I can tell you there have been uh, a lot of conversations, individual one-on-one discussions, um, players-only discussions, um, everything that you can think of, all the different combinations that are possible in a, to have in a conversation, we've, we've had them. It's been an exhaustive uh, process. Um, we feel like we have a great feel for our team. You know, we've got uh, a lot of continuity on this team. So Bob and I know our players extremely well. We feel like this is the best way after assessing everything for us to move forward. Um, it's never easy, no matter what decision you make in a situation. All right, enough of him. So no suspension from Draymond Green. And essentially what Steve Kerr is saying there to me is, don't worry about questioning us. We're smarter than you. We know more about this than you. So just leave us alone. We made this decision. We know better than you, than anybody who wants to question us. So buzz off. He's always had that attitude of, I'm smarter than you. Right? 
and, he, and he's trying to get ahead of it, and he's trying to squash <laughs> it and and protect his player. I get all that, but he's always had that attitude of I'm smarter than you guys. This is how it's going to be. This is what we did. Let's move on. Which makes him so punchable. Yeah, and so hypocritical <laughs> for yeah. all the different takes this he that he's had regarding right. numerous topics. What it what it shows you is Steve Kerr is more worried about somebody getting their feelings hurt from words that are said and that are spoken than they are about one of his players getting his job broken in practice by a punch. Yeah. That's what it tells me. Yeah. If you're pool, how do you feel? I, I guess he's about to sign an extension. Mm. Does that make it okay? That, uh, that uh, that's, a, that's a real question I'm asking. Actually, does it make it more okay for their for the, for the Warriors not to not to suspend Draymond Green in this situation because Jordan Poole wants to remain a part of the Warriors? Does that make it more okay? Like, like in a sense, because Poole, and I haven't heard if he's commented on it, but they're thinking, okay, well, he wants to be on this team, which means – Water under the bridge did, type he, thing. Water under the bridge. Did he forgive them? Are they bros now? It's all good. So we don't need to suspend Draymond because Poole probably even – you know, did Poole come to them and go, don't, don't suspend him? I don't know. If you are Jordan Poole, how does that make you feel? Well, I mean, because of the star caliber, it makes you wonder if Poole had punched Draymond Green, well, how would they react to Poole? You know, Draymond Green, a bigger star, bigger bigger piece to this this organization than Poole has been. If it was Poole, if the tables were turned and Poole was the one who smacked Draymond Green, who deserves it, would they give him the same treatment? Or would they say, sorry about your luck, bro. We don't do that here. This is peace and love, San Francisco. You're out of here, buddy. When in all reality, they he's like, well, you're you're expendable. Draymond's not. Here's an interesting take. They're they're not the first teammates to get in a fight, which is true. Sure. What exactly is the deal? Here's the big deal about this specific situation in my mind: is Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors want to compare a lot of things in sports to real life, to real jobs, okay? They, they, like to, they like to use their platform to dog different things that are, that are going on in this country. All, all, they, they love to do that. They love, to, they love to, to, to incorporate the world of sports into the world of real life, okay? So somebody tell me what other jobs, since they're the ones that want to do this, they're the ones that consistently put themselves and inject themselves into sports being real life, mm -hmm. okay? That's why this is bothering me the most, is because of them and the way they've acted in the past. So, because of their track record on these topics, what other job in the world can, a, can one employee punch out another and not get fired? That's true. What other, which other yeah. one? See, this is the problem. Um, maybe if you uh, Post you're, you're you're sparring in the ring with uh, a boxer, that's what you do. Yeah, but <laughs> that's sports. Yeah, but see, that's yeah, the yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. That's sports, right? That's not in, in. If this was a different organization and a different set of people, I wouldn't care because you're right. The, the, in in the in the scheme of a team, these things happen, but not that this team can't have their cake and eat it too. Okay. They have to come over, or come. Some criticism has to come upon them for the way that they've looked at different issues throughout this time, and it goes right back to what you said. They think they're smarter than everybody else, so they don't have to listen. Listen to them; they don't have to listen to you because they're just smarter than you, right? Because they're more educated than you. Because we're in Silicon Valley, and we've got all the rich, smart people around us. No. You don't get to do that. Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, Steph Curry, you don't get to do that. So if you want to be the ones 
that want to incorporate all aspects of life into your sports team, we have to do this one too. And to not suspend him for any length of time is a joke. With the track record of the way that they speak about other issues pertaining to real life and try to mix them into the sporting world. They're the ones that did it, not me. And so now when they get this, the very first chance they have to show that they believe in what they tell you, they do this. So everything they say is a joke. It's a joke. I agree. Just like with LeBron and all these other guys, it just don't. the The point is, don't listen to a word they say because they don't even believe it. They just say it because they think that that's what you want to hear. Actions speak louder than words, and Golden State, all they are is talk when it comes to these issues. And they had a chance to prove that they're not. The very first chance they get. And they prove everybody right that didn't want to listen to Steve Kerr anyway. Yep. It's a joke. And I and, and honestly, outside of them, if people get fights of that happens. It yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. But they don't get to they don't get to have this. I regret jumping on the Tennessee bandwagon <laughs> after what you just played. I have indisputable evidence. Bama's in trouble now. That Bama is in trouble. I have indisputable evidence, courtesy of TikTok. I mean, if there was ever an expert on the Tennessee-Alabama game, it's got to be a dude that is sitting in his car shirtless with a chain, a couple of diamond earrings, a goatee, sunglasses and a tattoo of Smokey who is Smokey you ask Smokey is the Tennessee mascot the, the little it's dog the dog yeah but this like, is that a requirement in the SEC this is kind a of a dog? stronger Smokey though kind of it's it's more oh, it's of a like a roided up it's like smoky. a roided up uh human like, version of Smokey just i mean if this doesn't have Nick Saban and Alabama quaking in their boots, I just I, will never they know. They really shouldn't show up at this point. At, at this point, keep the buses in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. I'll just, just give a listen at how scary Tennessee is going to be this week. Nation. So I thought I'd release a little sneak peek. Yeah, I got Smokey on my chest. After Saturday, then Bama fans will lay to rest. Now... Let me release some of this heat. Hey, Bama fans, take a seat. Fearful sag here with the do-rag in K-Town. It's about to go down in the 85. After this game, you will not survive. Bama, go ahead and retire while you alive. Tennessee about to drop the hammer on Bama. It will be like they was dragged to the slammer. Yeah, they awful wet, ugly crimson. You should be locked up in a prison. Looks as dumb as Homer Simpson. That ugly fat elephant isn't really irrelevant. It took saving, giving away them Dodge Chargers. But in your mind, the real OG was the artful Dodger. Tundridge hollered way, slayed on the field like a beast. Now Hooker gonna annihilate and you win, win the East. Because he's the real new OG of the SCC East. Hey, you know why? Because we the real beast. He's no Drew Cobb, but um, not even. I, I like it, though. Listen, I got a feeling about Tennessee now. <laughs> if, you're, if you're Alabama, that's got to scare you to death. Tennessee's the new OG of the East. The beast. Here's what's amazing about that clip. One, how he looks. I mean, he's got his shirt off. He's he's a total rap mode. I mean, it looks and like... And two, he has clearly written this down on a piece of paper because I can see it in his hand. Oh, dear. Ouch. But ain't that the SEC way? 
the fans are what is nuts. worse they 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 do that stuff i can't wait for ou in texas to get there what, i cannot wait to let see, me ask some, you this. see more of this what is worse this rap video or any friday night midnight yell practice where those guys try to try to, <laughs> try to have to crack jokes try to crack jokes and have a little uh impro well it's not even impromptu they write this stuff down <laughs> yeah but have a, have a little comedy routine at midnight at uh, wherever a um, playing. That the listen, I give that guy uh, an A for effort, right? I mean, the dude is clearly wrote this down. He thought about it. He's a dedicated fan with that chest tattoo of Andy smoky. something. I can't tell what it says. So I give it, but the 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 cringing midnight yell practice that it's it's so. I, I can't hardly finish watch because that's been trending lately. Everyone's loving to poke fun at A&M because of that woo stuff that they do and, and the jokes that they try to pull. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, now I hear the jokes, I'm thinking, is that the best you can do? Those are the best jokes you can come up with, A&M? I'm afraid it is, but this guy, I mean, that's a sweet rap. You, you got to be honest. He put the beat to it himself. He wrote down his own his own rap music. He he wrote down his own his own uh, rhymes. I guess he was spitting rhymes. If I'm Alabama, I'm scared to death. Scared to death of what's coming in in Knoxville. If there's a whole bunch of rabid that guys in the stands. Yeah, that is. All right, that's something. Let's get it aimed. Let's get it aimed at fish. All right, we got a special guest. We do. We have the offense coordinator. We had all these questions for the head coach, and now we got to right, we get a, ask now, the OC what, now, what he's thinking. Do we think we get the we do we get the real truth uh, with Fish here, <laughs> he or, or does he? Ha- <laughs> it, it, he pulls out his phone and goes to notes. I'm going to say that Zach sent him like the answers, uh, like he, he's almost like uh, he's like Biden. He's got his answers on the card, and we'll see if we could trip him up. Uh, Mark Fisher, how are you doing, bud? Good. How are you? Guys? Right, gonna, I'm there. sorry. I'm the leftovers. I'm the leftovers. <laughs> no, you're good. No script. So, <laughs> I guess fire, the, the fire so <laughs> the first question is one um, for those who don't know. Uh, Coach Maynard is is ill today. Oh, I was gonna. Hey, we're not supposed to say. He's that. not supposed to say that. He. Well, no one told me that. <laughs> it's just like the sponsor the other night. Um. Well, then I then that throws my question out the window. Never mind. Well, go ahead and ask. Well, I mean, if he can't be there tomorrow, are you the guy? Uh, you know, I think yeah. As a collective unit, we'll all become the guys. But there you go. Um, I have a feeling that uh, Coach Maynard will definitely uh, be here for this game. Good deal. We ha- we have somebody texting me in that wants to ask you about your, your Texas Rangers, but we'll get we'll, uh, we'll I get. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I bet you know exactly <laughs> I what know it was. Who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how's it gone for you guys? Uh, I asked Zach after the um, the Canadian game. Where you guys were both working as a unit, head coach, offensive coordinator, the bullets flying in that moment. Uh, how much uh, has that experience now helped you moving forward as a play caller to catch a rhythm, to get everything uh, in in quicker? I guess maybe you could say, or make decisions faster as the season has, has moved along. Right. I, I think that I mean you hit the nail right on the head. Any time that you can be thrown in the fire like that early on in the season, it can only propel you and help you you know, as the season moves along in these bigger district games. So, I mean, nothing can completely, you know, prepare you for it um, because this is our first year together. And and even if you've been together for a few years, you know, I think it's just it's there's always going to be things here and there. And but I think we we moved through that. And at the end of the day, you know, if Coach Maynard wants something, then he's the head coach and he comes and tells him that play against Clinton. He talked about it last week, I think, on the show. You know, he drew that up on a, on like a napkin or something when he was taking a nap that day. And, you know, he comes over and he, he likes that play. And, you know, Austin Jones goes in untouched for, for 12 right there. So um, that's just part of us working together and, and getting to know each other. And um, we're both actually young guys. It's kind of funny. I think we're the youngest coaching staff in the state. Um, our elder statesman's only 42. Um, so it's just we're we're a bunch of young guys with personalities working together and moving along and making um, us feel older. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're meshing meshing really well and and uh, things are going things are going good. And that Canadian game just just helped in that process. How much does it help you uh, to have those guys up front that you know that you can consistently depend on? Uh, in, in short yardage situations or even like the last couple of weeks where the special teams has made a mistake, put us behind the eight ball, but you know, hey, we can settle this thing down because those big guys up front can do what we need to do uh, to, to kind of take back control of the game. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's it helps when you return three to four of those guys off last year's you know record setting. You know, Dalen Thompson led offense. Um, but they were the guys, they were the hogs up front that were uh, creating the holes and making the openings for him. And we we returned a lot of that. And so at the end of the day, you, you want to hang your hat on it. You're not going to have what we consider one of the best offensive lines in the state and say, well, let's let's not use that weapon. We're going to go with those guys. We're going to use those guys. We're going to use that to our advantage. We're going to hope to wear down people because not only are they doing that um, up front, they're doing it on one side of the ball. So they're getting to stay healthy. They're getting to stay a little bit more, I guess you could say, energized and and uh, everything like that with uh, with what goes along with being on one side of the ball. So not only are they our strength, but they're pretty rested every time that we get to go back out there on the field. So we absolutely want to go behind those guys. Things are kind of catered to those guys, and we'll make wrinkles every week. Um, it kind of goes against that grain, but absolutely. I mean, that's it's our strength. Everybody knows it's our strength, and we're going to use that strength. How, does, how, how easy is it for, for you as doing what you do offensively to know that on the other side, that defense is very, very good. Uh, run defense is solid, and you know, it, despite the start the last couple of weeks, but you know, you knew they'd settled down. And it, does that make your job easier? Is what I'm asking, is it because you have a you can trust that defense on the other side of the ball? Absolutely. I mean, take that Clinton game for example. <clears throat> you know, we uh, I was I was you know frustrated. Any any competitive person that's in charge of something is going to be frustrated at, at the way things were going and when we couldn't get things going offensively. And um, even the Carl Albert game, which that was a, a little bit different animal, but, you know, that defense being able to run out there and get a quick three and out and get us the ball back and get us more touches and more opportunities um, is huge. And I think I think we just feed off each other too. And I guess that's the, the good thing and the potentially scary thing for us is once we do put it all together, I think we're going to be um, very difficult to beat, and that's in all three phases of the game. Because, like you guys said, we, we've—it's almost like uh, we kind of want to give the team a gift early on in the game. On hey, here you go. Let's uh, let's face adversity as quick as we can, so we can climb out of this hole. And once we eventually get that taken care of, and defense, offense, and special teams are all hitting on the same cylinder, um, then I think it's going to be—it's going to be pretty scary on what we can accomplish. And uh, we're just moving along through the season, midway through, and um, I think. We're going to start seeing that all come together very quickly. Hopefully tomorrow night. Uh, Chickasha yes. in town, the top two teams as far as record-wise in the district. They played one extra game at 3-0. and uh, The Big Elks are 2-0. and uh, From your side, just watching them a little bit on film, uh, it looks like they're pretty multiple with what they do up front. They can walk guys up. They can put them back as linebackers. So uh, what, is, what is the challenge for the offense uh, tomorrow night as far as recognition into what they're trying to do against us? I honestly think that's just the great thing with what we've dealt with this year is we've kind of seen almost as much as you can see early on. You know, I mean, we, we've seen a forefront. Um, we've seen kind of a 4-2-5. We've seen more of a 4-3. We've seen a modified 3-4. We've seen what Carl Albert did as far as um, basically a bare front, your, your ones and fours and walked up outside backers that are also um, kids that can really go. So we've almost seen a six front at this point. Um, so I, I think whatever, if Chickasha decides to go with their 4-3, I think that we've been prepared for that. If they decide to go with their 3-4 and walk up their outside backers, I think we're also prepared for that. So it's a good part about the schedule that we face is we haven't had a bunch of teams that just did the same thing. Everybody's been trying to kind of do something different. Um, and I also think, you know, Cash, for example, kind of used something that they had used against Altus um, against us for the flex bone. But as you can notice, we're not just the typical flex bone. We're more of a hybrid. We do a, a lot of different stuff out of those sets and some motions and some shifting and different things that gets us in the some of the same sets that we run, but it's after, uh, after everybody's set and uh, basically post um, defense getting set. And so we, we're going to do a lot of different things and give multiple looks and um, the good thing about it is, and that's kind of what I was taught early, is you can do a lot of different things if you have the same rules. Um, so as long as you keep your rules the same for your guys, you can look like you're doing a lot of different stuff, but it's not as complex as you would think just because of your rules. How does your play calling change from the – you may have just answered that. God, you're a complex dude. <laughs> from the start of the season, your play calling – to like about midway till the end because you can't show everything early right does that evolve for you as the season goes on absolutely I mean we I mean we had a lot of meetings throughout the winter time um, about the offense and um, but at the end of the day you only get two weeks really a week and a half before you're scrimmaging in spring ball um, having implemented things and you go to those that team camp and team camps are 
it, you know, that's a whole different animal too because nobody prepares for each other. You're kind of just doing things on the fly and here, there, and everywhere. Um, so then you kind of do some seven-on-sevens through the summer. But, you know, once zero week happens, even with the scrimmage and then zero week, you're really only about five, five and a half weeks on having actually first installed the offense. So with every week that passes, you just start adding more and more wrinkles because um, we're still in only, you know, week 11, 12 of having actually done this offense for the first year. So I think that that would be, you know, my answer in, in short terms is is every week provides more and more wrinkles sure. um, that you're able to do. And with different teams, defensively, you, you do things to fit what the offense is trying to do. Offensively, you're definitely game planning for the defense, but you also have to adjust on the fly um, and kind of at the end of the day do what you do with a few wrinkles here and there to hopefully kind of counteract some things they do and put pressure on players that you think may not uh, be up to snuff compared to some other guys on their squad. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask because with with the way that the motions happen, uh, the different uh, formations all kind of running the same plays in, in a certain sense, uh, but just out of uh, all the window dressing in the back, how easy is it for you guys if you do see something that you like it feels like it, it's it's really is easy to target that specific area and do it a bunch of different ways. Absolutely. I mean, as you can see, you know, uh, put in a few of those different fly sweeps, the jet sweeps that we're doing now. I mean, you, you can attack a, a defense in multiple multiple ways. You can hit them on the outside, make those guys make tackles in space. You can hit them on the inside. Um, as you got, I mean, counter, I'm, I, I love counter. You, you can tell I'm a huge counter guy. I think it's the, <laughs> so are um, we, the best. Because it's uh, a touchdown every time almost. <laughs> so it's, and, and, but that, and that, honestly, you, you, you just tip your cap to Levy because that play gets set up because of how well he runs between the tackles and how much pressure he puts on the defense, play in and play out on uh, coming down and tackling him, even for a three- to four-yard gain. I mean, by the time carry number 25 happens in a game, those safeties and and different people, I, I, I would have to imagine, are tired of hitting that guy. I would be tired of hitting that guy. So, you know, as the, as the game wears on and stuff happens, you know, different things can work because of uh, those guys up front and, and because of Levy and the pressure he puts on a defense. And so we, we try to do everything that could potentially, you know, be impactful against the defense and definitely – want to be diverse in our ability to go outside, inside, um, little pop passes in the middle, deep threats, um, and everything like that. You saw a screen last week, and, you know, screen game's obviously big and another way to get our guys in space and, and uh, short throws out there. So we want to be diverse. We want to hit them in all the different areas. That way, when we are in a game and we see something, we've already got it built in that we can make that adjustment and uh, move to that play on that part of the defense. How pleased are you with your quarterback? I noticed last week he looked like he was more comfortable running the option game, when to hand it to Levy, when to keep it, when to pitch it. He he just seemed like he was more in control. And that came with a lot of confidence, I think. How pleased are you with his play? Uh, extremely pleased. You know, I uh, Austin is – and that's what I, I think you guys have said it on in, in the broadcast and different things like that. Um, the way he manages the game, the way he, he uh, owns the huddle – gets everybody to the line, is the true quarterback and true coach on the field on watching the clock, making sure motions are, are in place. Um, like I've told my A's and C's, you know, even if you think you're 100% right, you don't go unless Austin sends you. Um, because I, I'm trusting Austin that he's going to know every time who's going in motion, who's doing what, and he's done a phenomenal job with that. Because it it can get overwhelming. And, you know, it, it seems simple, I guess, and, and to me sometimes because everything – you know, comes to me and and I, I put it into effect. But the way Austin is able to do it on the field as a high school kid um, it, it is awesome. And the way that he was able to throw the ball and, and guide the offense last week was was very impressive. And and it, the option game, he it just comes easier and easier to him each week. Um, some of those keeps that he had last week were huge first downs for us. Um, and so he's – I can't say enough about Austin Jones stepping in there as a senior this year and, and being a game manager but being even more than that, being the, the true coach on the field, the true quarterback, and, and leading those guys the way that, uh, that he should. Yeah, I can tell he's getting better at it because there's a couple times I lost the ball last week yeah. for, for the first time all year. His, uh, his ball handling is getting a lot slicker uh, in there on some of those keeps. All right, last one tomorrow night Chickasha is in town it's a battle for the the top spot at least right now in the district you talked about them kind of doing some different things or whatever outside of just the obvious you know offensive line block guys 
what what do you think that you guys have to do the best tomorrow night to be able to to come away to come away with the win over the chicks? I mean, I know I know this isn't just the the answer probably everybody wants or but I, I think it might sound like a broken record. We we've got to maintain the ball, control the clock, and not turn it over. We have got to eliminate our turnovers. We we have to eliminate our uh, special teams mistakes. Um, we're setting it three weeks in a row now that we've given up a, a big play for the other team on special teams. So we've got to got to clean up the special teams. Got to control the clock um, and have to uh, have to stop the turnovers. We even last week it wasn't necessarily that we won the turnover battle, but it's even when it's tied three three. If we can eliminate our three, then that becomes a much different looking game because they turn it over three times, we turn it over zero, um, and then all of a sudden I think you're looking at a 28 point win instead of a. Uh, one that we had to get our 15 points on a two-point two conversion late. Um, but, you know, as, as far as moving the ball, I think I think I read it correct last week. It was like 532 yards of total offense. We, we moved the ball. We did what we needed to do. It's just when you add in two big, two big turnovers um, in the thick of that, then all of a sudden you're like, man, you know, you're 36 points. It seems like you should have more with, you know, 532 mm-hmm. yards of offense. But we eliminate those turnovers, and all of a sudden that looks like a totally different game. So – Eliminate the turnovers, control the clock, um, and then defensively we we have to stop the Murphy. We have to stop number six. We have to stop their run game, um, and then make them a little bit more multi-dimensional and, and maybe do some stuff that they don't necessarily want to do. So we we've got to stop six, um, make sure we hit him early and often, um, not turn the ball over, and have uh, big plays on special teams for us, not against us. Awesome, Coach Fisher. Great job stepping in uh, for Coach Maynard here on a Wednesday edition of the Skinny on Sports. Thank you to Coach Michael Fisher, the offensive coordinator of the Big Elks, stopping by uh, with Zach a little under the weather today. Coach Maynard couldn't make it, so uh, Michael Fisher was just right there, filling in and doing a nice job here with us this morning. We appreciate all those guys and and then the kids that they're able to bring to. Helps us out on the pregame stuff um, on Friday nights. This week it'll be Thursday night. Uh, and just uh, It really, I think, does a – it, it helps the people that want to know and people want to kind of get to know a little bit of the personalities of the kids. I think it uh, it helps with that to where you're able to see in just a, a short window uh, some of those guys and and, uh, and what they think and how they speak and and a little bit of their personality uh, before the game. So we, uh, we really do appreciate uh, those guys, the cooperation that we get uh, from uh, Elk City Schools, Elk City Football, and the athletic department, the department as a whole. Um, when we when we ask, we get almost every time if it's if it's humanly possible, uh, it it works out in our favor. So we do really appreciate uh, everybody up there from Mr. Sparks down to Coach Hunt and then through the coaching staffs of all the different sports uh, at Elk City. Uh, it, it makes our job a lot easier, and it makes the experience uh, of our broadcast a lot better. I think for the for the people that watch uh, to be able to uh, to to experience and, and get to know some of those kids. Uh, speaking of the high school football, it's uh, basically tomorrow, at least uh, in the Paragon sports world, it's all tomorrow. As you have the Big Elks and Chickasha, that's, uh, the polls came out. We talked about it yesterday, the three statewide polls, Elk City uh, as high as three in the AP and the Tulsa world. This week in the Class 4A polls, Chickasha as high as nine. Uh, this week in the, uh, I think they were that in the uh, Oklahoman poll was the, the highest they were at number nine. So you're talking about a top ten battle within the district and also the only two undefeated teams left in District 4A1, Chickasha and Elk City. So whoever wins that game uh, will be um, really uh, put their put their foot completely forward in the race for the district crown and hosting two football games in the playoffs possibly uh, later on in November. So it's a huge game tomorrow night at Big Elk Stadium. Come on out and support it. I think it's uh, Kids, Inc., uh, little guy football, flag football in, at halftime. As it seems like there's, they've done a really good job of having something at halftime. It went from cheerleaders to, then it was homecoming. Then last week, mass band, and now it'd be some flag football going on out there on the field at halftime for little guys. I know that uh, one uh, of those uh, little guys that learned his lesson at home uh, will be out there, uh, Mr. Compton. I know his team has been selected, so they'll be out there having a good time. Yucking it up at halftime of that Elk City uh, and Elk City and Chickasha game. That's it'll be six thirty for our pregame, seven o'clock for the kick between the Elks and the Chicks. Also, so that's Big Elk TV on Paragon TV tomorrow. Hollis tries to get back to their winning ways with the Class B District One battle at home against Beaver. 
Beaver 0-6. Hollis is 4-1, so one would think that the Tigers would be able to get that done and maybe even uh, in, in a short amount of time uh, to be able to, to end that one early. But uh, Hollis and Beaver, that'll be 7 o'clock on Paragon TV. And then also the battle for Beckham County with Merritt and Sayre. It's at Merritt this year. Uh, once again, Merritt and Sayre tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, uh, 6.30 pregame there. I believe that it will be a guest host in the booth with the normal broadcast team from Merritt gone. I think uh, Gabe Edney is going to be uh, in the house doing doing that uh, that game for us on Paragon TV and also right here, 98.1 FM and 12.40 AM. So those are the three football games that get going on the Paragon Network tomorrow with the Elks, with Merritt and Sayre, and then also with Hollis and Beaver. So it'll be a fun time on Thursday, and guess what? We'll have plenty of time to talk about that on a Friday show. Tomorrow, we'll be back out at Poppy's Pit and Grill, hanging out with the fine folks at Poppy's. Come by and see us. You know, they start uh, serving the breakfast early, and then they'll have lunch as well. We'll tell you about uh, all their specials tomorrow when we get down there uh, to Poppy's. Uh, but uh, it's a really cool spot down there at the intersection of Highway 152 and Highway 6. 6 a.m. they open for breakfast. They do 6 to 2 on Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Thursday through Saturday, and they'll serve you lunch on Sunday from 11 to 2. So 6 a.m. we'll be down there at 9 a.m. tomorrow, Poppy's Pit and Grill, enjoying some breakfast and hanging out with the fine folks at Poppy's. Take a break? Or I guess that'll do it, actually. Yeah, it'll do it for Wednesday. Thank you to Coach Fisher. Thank you to everybody else for listening. We do appreciate you. And we'll be back tomorrow at Poppy's. Hanging out and enjoying some fine breakfast down there. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.